Things are heating up. Oh, man, are they heating up. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury for National Preview Online, and welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe. You can do so by going to the iTunes App Store and searching for NP Online. If you use an Android device, you can simply go to the Google Play Store, download our Podbean app, or I should say their Podbean app. Podbean.com is our hosting service, and you can subscribe to the podcast that way. It is absolutely free, and that way you won't miss a thing. So, what do we have new on the agenda today? Well, a few things have happened that are newsworthy. The most recent thing that just happened is that the Trump campaign has dropped its lawsuit in the state of Arizona looking to challenge that state. Now, I still can't fathom that he lost Arizona, but Arizona is a kind of a dicey place of late, so I suppose that it is possible. But for whatever reason, there may or may not have been fraud there. We do know there has been widespread fraud in this election, despite the mainstream media's representations to the contrary, but... Perhaps the case might be that they couldn't really prove any fraud in Arizona the way it has obviously been able to be proven in other parts of the country, what with so many dead people and non-residents voting. But take heart, because that is not the only way for the president to get to 270. And I want to once, want to once again dispel all these rumors that Joe Biden is the president-elect. President-elect is a term of art that is used by the media, and it is used uh, in politics after one candidate has conceded an election, then the other candidate uh, is deemed to be the president-elect, meaning he's the person who has been elected president, but he has no official capacity yet until he's sworn in on the 20th of January the following year. But it has no force of law. The only person that can make somebody a president are the electors, when they vote, according to the state's popular vote, generally, uh, in mid-December, after the states themselves have certified their election results and the electors have been selected. None of that has been done in any of the 50 states. So we have a long way to go. So let's talk about the things that are relevant. Well, in Nevada, there is a criminal referral to the FBI. We know that. There's been at least 3,500 people that have been identified, 3,500 ballots, as having come from people who no longer reside within that state. So those are not legal votes. Those votes will have to be disregarded. And that number, I'm told, could be as high as 7,500. That's a significant amount in an election that is that close. The state of North Carolina has now been affirmatively assigned to the president as has the state of Alaska. So now, the president's vote total, which was previously sitting at 214, let's see we have here, is now 232. So he is 232 because North Carolina has 15 electoral votes. 270 is needed to win. So with Arizona out of the loop, the only states that are now in contention are Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Nevada. Now, Wisconsin, um, the secretary, I believe, is not going to order a recount. Oh, no. 
the state of Pennsylvania, she said she wasn't going to order a recount. But that's going to be done regardless by, by force of law and legal action. Now, Pennsylvania has 20 electoral votes, Michigan 16, Wisconsin 10, and Nevada 6. Uh, you also have Georgia out there. Now, the Georgia election was extremely close, and there was some very, very queer things going on in the greater Atlanta area. I suspect that when that hand count is done and the fraudulent ballots are taken out, the dead people and such, that President Trump will carry the state of Georgia. Now, Georgia has 16 electoral votes. And again, it's not at all decided. That would put the president... Who am I saying? I said he had 232. 17, 27, yeah, 332. That's right. 258. I put some at 258. Let me just recheck my math here to make sure I'm right. 214 he had, the state of Alaska, that gave him 217. Uh, the state of North Carolina, that gave him 232. Oh, what am I saying? 248. 232, that gives him 248. That's correct. That was right. 248. So now he's 22 votes away. Of the three states that are in contention because of the fraud, I believe that Pennsylvania is the most obvious. With over 68% of the vote counted on Election Eve, President Trump had a 700,000-plus vote lead in the state of Pennsylvania. Do you know what it would take in the final 30, 32% for a 700,000-vote lead to evaporate? It's practically mathematically impossible in a state of that size, in the final 32%, to overcome a 700,000-vote lead and actually walk away with a 60,000-vote lead that Biden has. It's a statistical improbability. It's almost bordering on mathematically impossible. That itself is almost prima facie evidence of fraud, to say nothing of the fact that we've got a sheaf of people that are dead, including former heavyweight champion Joe Frazier, who voted in this election. The only problem is Joe passed away in 2011, nine years ago. And he was a registered Republican to boot. I'd love to see how he voted. Perhaps when people cross beyond the great beyond, they all become Democrats when they're dead and they vote Democratic. But there's massive fraud in Pennsylvania. So I think at the end of the day, it's not an unreasonable assumption to assume that the president is going to carry Pennsylvania, which puts him at 268. That's a very precarious number because you need 270 to win and you need 269 to tie. And then when it's tied, it goes to the 12th Amendment to decide where each state gets a vote. And since most legislatures are Republican, it would be handed to the, the president. It's not the House of Representatives per se that votes. Every state gets one vote. So it's a little different. And the Senate gets to pick the vice president. So what needs to be done here to keep the faith of the American people is that one other state is going to have to fall. Now, Michigan has many, many allegations of voter fraud, but the vote count is much further apart in Michigan as a result of that massive fraud. So the question is, can they actually disqualify individual ballots, or is it going to require something else? Now, in Wisconsin, the vote count is less than 1% apart. It's more like a half a percent, so a manual recount uh, is possible. But there's another piece of information that came into my possession last night 
uh, that I picked up on Parler, and I thought I would share it with you. It was put out by the Trump campaign. Dominion is a computer program, and they're putting this out as factual. Now, if it's not factual, they shouldn't have put it out, and I don't believe the president um, would have put it out if he didn't believe he could back it up. And this is powerful. What I'm about to tell you is powerful, and I don't see many other people talking about it. And this should give you some, some uh, uh, assurance. It says, Dominion deleted 2.7 million Trump votes nationwide. Data analysis finds 221,000 Pennsylvania votes were switched from President Trump to Biden, and 941,000 Trump votes were deleted. States using Dominion voting systems switched 435,000 votes from Trump to Biden. Now, those are the swing states, 435,000 votes. Now, I had seen this on TV, uh, but it wasn't picked up by many, by many people. Sidney Powell, the attorney who represented uh, former General Michael Flynn, put out a figure of something of this magnitude, something on the order of 435 to 450,000 votes. Now, when they say 221,000 votes were switched from Trump to Biden, that's not the same thing as just hiding 221,000 votes or giving an extra 221,000. That's like a 400,000 vote shift as they go up in the opposite direction. Uh, This is incredible. Now, if this can be demonstrated through computer software data mining, that is absolute evidence of fraud. It's prima facie evidence of fraud. And the courts will have to intervene. And if those uh, vote switches can be demonstrated, they'll have to be switched back and the count con- uh, conducted accordingly. When you factor in all of that, the chicanery that went on in Philadelphia, the poll workers, poll observers being thrown out, dead people voting, I really can't see how Donald Trump loses the state of Pennsylvania. And so now, if we hold Georgia, which I expect we will, we're looking at a race where he now has 268 votes. And now there become many paths for him to get there. He's either got to convince or prove the fraud in Wisconsin or Michigan and pick off, as long as he takes Pennsylvania with its 20, he only needs to pick off any one of the other states, including Nevada. Because with six electoral votes, that puts him at 274 and he's president. Now, if he doesn't get Pennsylvania and he only gets Michigan, well, now he doesn't have 268. Now he's got 264. Nevada could still put him up there at 270 on the nose. Or he could take Wisconsin. But if he only gets Wisconsin with its 10, well, now instead of having 268, He's only got 258. He needs 12. So now he's got to pick off Michigan. Nevada won't do it. So that's where it comes into play. If he loses Pennsylvania, he's got to pick off uh, Michigan and Wisconsin. But I think the case in Pennsylvania is overwhelmingly strong. So I have every confidence that the president will win Pennsylvania. So I think this is really quite far from over. Again, it's all predicated on a few things, but those things look pretty solid. There was considerable fraud in this election, and 
At this point, it's, it's really important to point out the following. It, it really doesn't matter now whether they actually prove the fraud or not. The appearance of the fraud, the obvious nature of the fraud, by virtue of these mathematical impossibilities which took place, have caused 73 million people who voted for the president to absolutely believe in their heart of hearts that this election was stolen from them. That's more than, that's about half the people who voted in the election. Uh, now, anybody that tries to take over after that is not going to have an easy time of it. And I have to laugh at these people calling Republicans and Trump supporters sore losers. Wasn't it they who spent the last four years whining like little spoiled babies? They started crying even before the man was inaugurated, predicting all the damage he was going to do. He was going to be a Hitler. He was going to be a tyrant. And Donald Trump was none of those things. All Donald Trump did was restore American greatness renegotiate trade deals which were unfavorably negotiated against the United States, withdrew us from agreements that were going to break us financially, and brought jobs back to America. So I don't see what he did that was so bad. But that's the state of it right now. The last thing I wanted to talk about briefly is if the unthinkable happens and he doesn't retain the presidency and Joe Biden would get it. If you think you've seen a dark winter, you haven't seen a dark winter. What we had last spring is going to pale in comparison. They are seeking to foist socialism on the country, and they're using this COVID-19 virus to do it. We already see it now in New York City, bolstered by this fraudulent election and the prospect that Joe Biden may be in the White House. Uh, they are now working assiduously to try and accelerate socialism in the United States. And they're doing this by controlling everyone on the basis of this virus. You have Biden talking about a mandating of masks in all 50 states all the time, so everybody's going to walk around looking like a bank robber for the rest of their lives. Uh, schools in New York City, I have it on good authority, are about to be on the virtue of being closed. There will be no more blended learning. Everything will be remote. And I wanted to leave you all with this thought, because this was something that occurred to me. And it doesn't just affect New York City. It's going to affect municipalities around the country. Municipalities charge people taxes, school taxes, in exchange for providing a certain quality of education that meets certain academic standards. If this entire educational system is being moved into a virtual state, one could argue that the state is not meeting its standards and that people since their children are going to be going to school from home, should now have the option of dropping out of the New York City public school system and going to any virtual environment they so choose. And therefore, how can the city of New York and other places justify the tax structure that they have to support these schools when buildings are no longer being heated because they're no longer being occupied, teachers are no longer going there, teachers are no longer traveling there, be careful what you wish for is a fanciful expression that most people don't give much credence to. But in this case, it could be the literal truth. I think the teachers union, when they start seeing what this means for them down the road, may see a virtual collapse of the entire union structure in this country if everything goes remote. There will be no necessity whatsoever for any of these teachers. No necessity to pay these medical benefits. No necessity to pay these pension benefits. So somebody better get their head right and their mind right and get this ship righted. 
Otherwise, we're going to be in deep, deep doo-doo. So pray, if you can, that everything I just said comes to pass. I'm very confident that the president wins Pennsylvania, and once that's done, all he needs to do is pick off Nevada, Wisconsin, or Michigan, any one of them. The lawsuit for the recount in Arizona has withdrawn, like I told you. That's a fact. 